Welcome in. It is day number three of Fantasy Sports Today right here at FantasyGuru.com. Kyle Alfred and Ray Flowers with you. And big news to start today's program. Um, we've learned, Ray and I, that we've got more power than we ever expected to have. We, we have so much power, Ray Flowers, that it was just 24 hours ago on this very same stage whether you're at Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or somewhere else. Ray, 24 hours ago, we were saying, what the hell are the Raiders doing with Josh McDaniels? And what do you know, Ray? 12, 14 hours later, Josh McDaniels walking the plank. The the Raiders have forced him into the uh, choppy waters of the sea, and they're going to look for a new coach in the middle of the season. Yeah, like an idiot, you know, on Halloween, happy Halloween, belated Halloween, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to bed last night after the festivities, watching the horror movies and everything like that. And like an idiot, I pull my phone out and, you know, here I go and I'm checking the news. And what do you know? Midnight firing. Um, so, yeah, it's like, wow, okay. Uh, it's always classy when you get fired at midnight, too. Like, yeah. you know, it's like that's, I guess, Mr. Davis has moved there. But, yeah, uh, we did touch on this yesterday on the show. You're right. And uh, I guess maybe Mark, maybe Mark Davis is, is a follower of the show. Yeah, I, I, he's a follower of many things, uh, including bad haircuts, uh, to which I know a lot about. Uh, so so uh, he probably follows us as well. Um, and it's warranted. I mean, Ray, we're always supposed to say, oh, nobody wants someone to lose a job. Blah, blah, blah. That, that's our job is not to, to soothe feelings here on, on uh, Fantasy Sports Daily. Our job is to tell you what's going on. And Ray, just to reiterate what's going on is the team sucks. The offense sucks. The offense is horrible. The offense has spent money to be better. And they're like the worst in football. Right now, here are the numbers. They are 30th in points scored. They are 31st in yardage this year. Uh, they are bottom three in total turnovers. These are all the offensive numbers. They are dead last in rushing yardage, which is is frightful. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Uh, points, you know, they're, they're bad there. Uh, they barely run the football. Uh, when they throw the football, there's no success there. They have 12 touchdowns. They have 12 touchdowns, Ray, through what is it now? Eight games, I, I think, for the, for the Raiders. That That's that's infuriating. When, when you've gone out and spent money on Garoppolo, Devontae Adams, you've given money to Josh Jacobs. Like, one other thing is, like, where is Hunter Renfro gone? This guy who had 90 catches, Ray, and now he can't get to 20? <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot of things wrong with this offense. And yesterday I pointed the blame at Josh McDaniels, and I'm glad Mark Davis did the same thing. He is supposed to be an offensive like wizard. And 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 the cape seems to have disappeared, or he's got to find a new hat. I don't know what it is. He and the GM, by the way. I guess the GM that hired him, he got canned as well. So they, they kind of really cleaned house on Halloween night. Well, yeah. And you know, you know how this goes. Now we're hearing uh, uh, they're gonna make a change of quarterback too, and all like you know, what once you start making 86 changes at once, it's over. Right, like yeah. there's the hope is the, the hope is gone. It's not even subtle. It's just we're blowing this thing up in the middle of the season, and you know sometimes coaches and and, and players don't gel. Sometimes the, you know sometimes the combination looks good on paper, but when then you get out there, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I think that though the, the the longer we go through this process, and you know we've been again doing this together, I think for 14 years, Kyle. The longer we go through this, the more I realize that I used to think college football was controlled by the coaches and pro football is controlled by the players. I think it's all controlled by the coaches. I really do. I think the schemes and the way things are set up, it's so important. Success and failure kind of Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. And I'm not just talking, you know, in the in the locker room. I'm talking actual game action on the field. And I think that, you know, if you – because we focus in the fantasy space on the quarterback or the running back. But I think those coaches and the staffs have, have such a massive impact on what's going on. A lot of times when changes like this are made, even if a team's not very good, they respond positively. Because the new brain trust, if you will, is saying things in a different way or even just scheming things in a different way. You mentioned this quarterback thing. As down as I am on this entire offense and the whole, you know, the whole ring them a roll, if you will, in, in Vegas, they should not be making a move to Aiden O'Connell, should they? Like, doesn't Garoppolo? I know he's been bad. Okay, he has. But, Ray, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, aren't we at the point where we give him more than, like, five bad games? Like, he's been beat up, I feel like, the whole year. And maybe this is the, the admission that he's too beat up to, to succeed. Maybe that's the case here. And if that's the decision, and we're not hearing that, but 
you know, maybe this guy's just too hurt. He's playing at 80%. He can't get it done. And that would make a little bit of sense because he's looked horrid. It, it hasn't. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not a top 10 quarterback, but he's not even a top 20 quarterback right now with the way he's playing. So I, I, I kind of think there's a little meat on that bone, right, of the idea that he's playing hurt and almost too hurt. And maybe that's why you make the switch to O'Connell. But if that's not the reason, if they're saying, hey, uh, new coach, new GM, new quarterback, that's bad reasoning. So I applaud the Raiders for getting rid of McDaniels and, and you know, starting anew. I don't applaud them if they're making the move to Aiden O'Connell as part of this, this rebirth or this, hey, clean slate, and, and now we're going to, you know, just build things differently in Vegas. I'm, I'm not applauding that at all. No, and I don't think, I mean, and it's really interesting with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's, by the way, so good looking, that he constantly, you know, people tend to focus on with him and it's interesting because a lot of players they focus on the opposite most players they focus on what they do well right and i feel like in the case of garoppolo people focus on what he doesn't do well and it's like is is he an elite talent no is he does he have great arm strength no is he going to elevate the play of his teammates to the point where they can't lose no he's 43 and 20 as a as a nfl quarterback 43 and 20 his head coach went 12 and 25 like Jimmy Garoppolo wins games. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's not just the quarterback and all these other things, but you know, 43 and 20 is, is a damn good winning percentage. So he does something right. He's a competent NFL quarterback in an era, as we discussed earlier in the week, where I said, what, like a quarter of these quarterbacks just stink. Like they're not even NFL ready, really. They're just being out there because there's not an option. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than most of those guys, at least if he's healthy. And and as we look forward, it's it's always this is the wild situation, Ray, is it's like, oh, an open NFL job in a big market. Like, yeah, I know not TV market, but it's an exciting market. It's a place that you can get a fan base. It's fresh. It's new. The stadium's beautiful. Um, it, amazingly, the Raiders, you know, leave Oakland and now they're making gobs of money in Vegas. Like they're doing really well as a business. On the field, it's a mess. And really, Ray, it's kind of been messy for years now. There, there's a couple blips and, and pops here for, for the Raiders franchise where, you know, they're in the playoffs or they have like a two or three year run. But overall, Ray, it's been mostly ugly this entire century. And if you're a prospective NFL coach, I, I wonder how attractive this job is. Like dealing with the owner is just one <laughs> is one looming issue you've got when you take this job with the Raiders is, whether it's fair or not, we all kind of wonder, is this guy got his head screwed on straight? <laughs> you know? And I don't know if that's fair. It, I think Mark Davis is probably kind of a fun guy on a one-on-one uh, basis. Like if you got to know him or if you're buddies with him, I could see Mark Davis being one of the more enjoyable NFL owners to hang out with. But I don't know if he's a good NFL owner. <laughs> so that, that's the issue for any coach. It's like, you know, if, it, if it's your first go around, do you really want it to be with the Las Vegas Raiders? Or would you rather it be your second or third, your rebound job? I'd rather it be my rebound job than my first job to walk in there with the Raiders. Well, it's tough, too. And, and you were obviously aware of this, Kyle. These guys are all bazillionaires. They have all this money, this power and success. Um, they do not have David... hairstylists, though. Yeah, that's true. Maybe <laughs> Davis walked in here because the family and doesn't pay for a barber. Uh, not that I'm wanting to talk. But he always but... has like a hot chick on his shoulder. Yeah. Have you noticed it? I don't yeah, know. How's Power that work? Do, yeah. Do, do they Power still have money. those businesses where you hire like a, you know, a walker? They, is that what they call the lady? Yeah. They're a, a walker. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe he just has invested in the walker business. <laughs> you know, when, when you're, you know, when people suck up to you in whatever form they do. And if you're an NFL owner, people do, right? I think it's hard to step back because, you know, these people are used to being involved day to day with everything. And most of them are probably control freaks. That's how they've gotten to the point that they're super successful. So how do you choose a coaching staff and choose a bunch of players and just back off? Like, why is Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is media whore and the whole thing. Why is he out there making personnel decisions and stuff? You're the owner of the team. Hire good people. Let them do their jobs. And this is in all sports. I mean, all all businesses, whether you are in sports or whether you work at the tire factory, you, there's a pecking order, right? You know, and you got it. Your boss tells you the secondary boss, the third boss down, whatever. Mm-hmm. People have to fill their roles. And I think a lot of times head coaches, you know, have in, they're, they're, they're unduly influenced from voices from above. And, you know, you have to get someone who's strong enough to say, look, this is what I'm going to do. If you don't want it, don't hire me. But you're right. The job there is not 
you know, it looks on the surface very tempting, but I don't know if it's someone that, you know, has got a hopeful career in the NFL if they really want to dive in there with their first go round. So we sent the word out yesterday here on Fantasy Sports Daily, and the axe fell uh, actually early on Wednesday morning. As Ray noted, it was uh, right about midnight, I guess, out west, but early Wednesday morning out east. Josh McDaniels is out. Uh, GM uh, Dave Ziegler is uh, out as well, and the Raiders will move forward. Sometimes this is a bonus for you, the fantasy player, because whoever comes in, and it'll be an interim coach, but whoever comes in, they usually come in with the order that, hey, get Devontae Adams going. Hey, get Josh Jacobs going. And whereas Josh McDaniels would maybe push back on that just a bit. No, I want to run my offense and be innovative and do things that people don't expect. And, you know, hey, I got to change this and that, like he's too close to the situation. A new guy comes in and it's like, okay, my one goal here is get Josh Jacobs to four and a half yards per carry. <laughs> my one goal here is to get 10 targets to, to Devontae Adams. The expectations are nil. I mean, with the Raiders keep losing, who cares? You're the interim coach. If the Raiders somehow turn it around, maybe you got a shot to be not only the coach in Vegas, but somewhere else in the NFL. So it's, it's like a good spot to be an interim coach because the expectations are nothing. You know, the, the boat is sinking right now. You can't do any worse. And you're definitely not Jeff Saturday. So people will appreciate that you have come in as an interim coach. Um, anyway, that is where we start on this edition of Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, what else do we got? Well, uh, Ray loves to, uh, for those who are viewing us here on a Wednesday, uh, Ray loves to uh, post what we've got coming your way. So let's take a look at that. Mention that Josh McDaniels is now searching for a new job. We got some other NFL news and notes. Trading deadline uh, came and went yesterday. Yeah, so-so. We had some big defensive players uh, switch teams. Nothing really shocking on offense. Uh, we did get our answer in Minnesota as to what the Vikings are going to do under center. So we'll discuss their option and their choice. Uh, we are done with eight weeks. We are getting set for week nine. Why not? Let's take a look at some halfway home numbers in the NFL. Some things that might, to an extent, surprise you a bit. Um, as we do on Wednesdays here, we'll take our first look at some week nine spreads and totals. Um, I don't know if you've looked at these totals, Ray. It's kind of sad. It, Ray, they're it, pretty low. Oh, my gosh. 30s. 30s everywhere, Ray. Um, there is nothing. We got Buffalo, Cincinnati, which is 48 and a half. Okay. We have Miami and Kansas City, which is 50 and a half. In a foreign country. Every other game, Ray, is like 44 or lower. Oh. And we've got Thursday night is a 36 and a half. We have a 37, we have a 37 and a half, a 39 and a half, a 40, a 37 and a half, a 41 and a half. If I'm Roger Goodell and I'm looking at those game totals, Ray, okay, defense is cool, whatever. But people pay to see scoring. That's hideous, is it not? And and people will say, well, injured quarterbacks, this mm -hmm. and that. I don't blame, I, I get it, the quarterbacks are injured, but NFL 37? That, that's embarrassing for any week, let alone the middle of the season. Are you in, I know other people have written articles about this and I know it's a, it's a big vein of thought in the fantasy space. The idea that this year has been a rough year for football, right? There's not a lot of, there's, there's been great plays and highs and all that, but there's a lot of crappy football out there right now. And you know, some you of it's injury every single year. Ray. Well, maybe, maybe, but I mean, you know, there's crappy football out there. There's crappy quarterback play out there. There's crappy play calling out there. There's crappy officiating out there. I mean, there's a lot of crap. Um, and, you know, when, and we've talked about this, uh, defenses are, are, they've got things locked in. They're phenomenal athletes. They scheme things up, all that. The offense is starting to, to lose a little ground, even though let's remember, you can't touch an NFL quarterback right now without getting a penalty. You can't touch him. Um, you know, even the def defenseless receiver, guys get hit and they get this game is geared toward offense. So when everything is geared toward offense, and like you're saying, we're still seeing numbers 37, 38, that ain't good. Yeah. Well, and and I'm not going to say this year is, is the trend. Like, I'm not going to jump to that. I'm just saying this is bad this week, okay? And you're right. It hasn't been great uh, for NFL offenses. But if we see, like, five years to ten years of weeks where we have three, four games in the 30s, because I got news for you. The, the blaming the injured quarterback, that's probably not stopping, okay? It's football. 
they're, they're going to get injured. I, that's just the way it is. So every year we're going to have injuries. Okay. So we know that it's baked in. So I don't want to blame injuries. What is different? And, and Ray, I wonder if we've reached a tipping point where in this very popular sport, uh, this sport that just rules the roost as far as any fan is concerned and certainly TV is concerned, is the tipping point, hey, we're playing games 18 weeks, we're traveling to Europe, we're playing Thursday nights, we're playing Sunday nights, we're playing Mondays, we're playing on Black Friday now for the first time this year. You know, Saturday. They're giving, they're giving the TV and the audience what they want, yep. but the product can't seem to meet the level of, of how much we're getting. It, it's like any business, Ray. You know, taking that leap to you know McDonald's. Okay, we all mock McDonald's. Ha ha ha! McDonald's. It's junk food. It's terrible. It's it, Ray. Probably when was the last time you had McDonald's, Ray? <laughs> I like once every year and a half or so. My lady okay. wants to get chicken nuggets, so. Yeah. Maybe two years ago, but I, without her, I would never go. I, I, when I travel, you know, going through places, I, I have a hankering for McDonald's. I probably, on the average, do it twice a month. You know, and I don't think it's terrible. I, I, I will go to the mat for the quarter pounder with cheese. I think it's actually pretty damn good. Um, but what's incredible about McDonald's, Ray, is okay, it became hugely popular and they had to scale. And, you know, an impressive thing about McDonald's is I can go to France and, and get a hamburger and it's, going to taste like a mcdonald's hamburger true and i can go to fayetteville arkansas and it's going to taste exactly the same like it's incredible that they have and there are reasons for that let's you know <laughs> they, they have engineered the the ability to do this but what i'm getting at is they scaled and they kept it the same it's it's very difficult to do that and i wonder ray if the nfl is running into that just a bit and hey they're a billion dollar business uh they know what they're doing but ray it's almost like they're, they're, they want to create more and give more and provide more and reach every corner of the world and mm -hmm. every, every um, you know, um, sense that anybody has. You know, let's get into the attention span of everyone. And, and you just look at these numbers and you look at some of the football we've seen and it's like, are they ready for that? It's, it's like when sports expand, you know, going from two extra teams, can the talent pool support it? Um, and, and there's a little bit of that going on, I think, with the NFL right now. Oh, absolutely. And we focus a lot, oh, I have at least, uh, on especially Thursday night football and how, you know, the league has made this, you laid it out perfectly. They made the decisions business-wise, fan-wise. They don't have any apparent care for the players because playing a football game three days after you played your last one, that ain't right. It's just not, the body is not ready for the players. They they will tell you that. A lot of the players will tell you it's not even until like Friday that they start feeling normal. They're playing on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. Then you start talking about, we, we were discussing coaching staffs maybe being a little overwhelmed or not necessarily. Now we got three days to implement everything. We're traveling too. Like what what is what is this? Like we don't even have our normal, so we've cut the work week in half. So of course the product is going to suffer. Of course it's inevitable. Then you start, like you said, talking about, for some unknown reason, the, the NFL is obsessed. They don't like $7 billion in North America. They're obsessed with Europe. They're obsessed with it. Players traveling across the seas and all. Who wants to do that? Like, that doesn't, why? What is the point of that? So the, the product is going to suffer. And, the, and you're right. Part of the reason we can talk about coaching and players and all that X's and O's, but part of the reason is absolutely the way the league has decided to deploy these games. Yeah. Uh, so we'll take a look at those spreads and those numbers coming up in a bit. Also, a little bit of baseball. Uh, Ray's latest rumblings piece is up at fantasyguru.com. Uh, he's got some thoughts on some players involved in the World Series. Uh, tonight could be the night. Texas may win their first ever title. I think it's 51 years has that organization been around uh, looking for their first ever title. But if you know anything about the Rangers, uh, don't, don't count your chickens just yet. Uh, maybe Snakes Alive will uh, pull out a victory in Game 5, at least send it back to Arlington. There, there's always that urge, and I don't, well, I don't know, maybe players think this way, Ray. I, I would assume they don't, but, like, isn't it way better to win the title in front of your home fans? Like, is Texas really going to be, like, pissed off if they lose tonight and have to go back to Arlington and get to celebrate with their home fans? I that, To me, I guess winning a World Series, who cares? And, hey, in Arizona, you get to take a bath. You get to go over the wall in right field and, and jump mm -hmm. in the pool. But but I always think it's weird when a visiting team, whatever the sport is, wins a title 
in front of fans who don't really care, <laughs> you know, or fans who are upset that you're winning the title. That I, I, I don't know if it happens. I'd have to talk to the to the winners, but it would seem to take a bit away. I, I think if you compare the feeling you get when it's at home winning the title, which is like a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. If you win the title on the road, Ray, it's like an eight out of 10. Still good, but it could be better. And it, I don't have any data to support this offhand, but doesn't it seem like the winners are always on the road? Mm-hmm. It's like it's uh, frequently, right? And it's yeah. like you hear them cheering, and the, the, there's like silence. You can hear the players <laughs> yelling because there's no fan noise. Uh, I mean, you want to win. I don't think any player would ever say, oh, let's just lose it and win at home. But at the end, if you lose the game, you know, you didn't have, I mean, like you didn't lose a player, Odoles Garcia. You didn't have your, you know, Jose Leclerc's arm flew off. Like, you know, if it wasn't that, we just lost a game. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you know, you got the great odds of winning um, with the lead they have. And who wouldn't want to do that at home? I mean, it's, we got to remember too, this, we're going on what we start this in February. Like this is a long campaign and who wouldn't want to share that with their fans? Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe they'll just uh, say, screw you, Kyle, and win it in front of the Arizona fans tonight. Hey, a title's a title if you're the Texas Rangers. Uh, but that game will get going a, a little after 8 o'clock, and we'll sneak in a little baseball before the conclusion of things here at Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, before we jump all in to uh, NFL News and Notes, looking at some uh, halfway home numbers, uh, Ray, you are the tech wizard. A um, couple of changes, a couple of additions, not changes, a couple of additions that we've got for where people can find us, right? Yeah, you might actually be hearing us on one of those sources now, depending upon where you're listening. Uh, we obviously have the show on YouTube. It's 11 o'clock Eastern a.m. each morning here uh, at Elite uh, Plus Network. Obviously, you're there. You're watching. Okay. We talked about it. We hinted at it, at least, about the, uh, the hope that we would move this into the podcast realm, and we're doing that. So as of right now, you can search Fantasy Sports Daily. It comes up in Podbean, so we're available there. Uh, it's also available at Spotify. I'm looking at the Spotify page right now. It's beautiful. It's got our logo. It's nice and pretty blue. So right now, Podbean and Spotify ha- have the Fantasy Sports Daily show, so you can listen, take it with you anywhere you want. Uh, we're also posting the show after on the website, so you can watch it there as well. Uh, but we're looking to add, and we're continuing to work, do that process behind the scenes to uh, uh, create a scenario where no matter where, basically, not 100%, no matter where you listen to your podcast, the Fantasy Sports Daily Show will be available. Now, I know the biggie people are wondering about. We are getting close to jumping onto that fruit service. Correct. That some people. Ray, Ray's working on that. He's dealing with uh, customer service, I think, as they say. Correct. Ray, Ray, I, I am so glad Ray Flowers is handling this. I am not Ray, glad I'm getting that, Ray. Yeah. This is, I mean, my God. we. If I were doing this, Ray... People would have to dial into like a toll-free number to listen to us. <laughs> you know? We wouldn't be we wouldn't be streaming. There would be no podcast. It'd be like, hey, call one eight hundred Ray Kyle. Yeah, to, uh, which I think would work. Yeah, one eight hundred Kyle Ray. Let's put me first, then Ray. And people would have to tune in and listen over their phone. It'd be like the old blog talk radio days where it sounded like we were on a crappy AM radio. Yeah, it'd be really good quality. Good job, Kyle. I'm glad we're doing uh, it in another direction. Yeah, yeah. Glad that Ray is in charge of that. Uh, you can also comment. So if you got any questions, any thoughts, whatever, send them our way. We'd love to hear from you. Again, each and every day live at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then you can find them uh, uploaded, saved, catalog, whatever you want to say. Uh, they're available in a variety of places. And we'll continue to update you as we go through the coming days as to where you can find uh, this live stream, this podcast uh, throughout the World Wide Web and everything digital in 2023. Okay, let's dig into some uh, NFL news and notes. Ray, we were wondering about the trading deadline, as noted. Um, nothing dramatic. I mean, Derrick Henry is still a Titan. Saquon Barkley is still a Giant. Um, defensively, there were some big moves. Um, I, I know you're San Francisco Giants, a big one getting Chase Young uh, with Washington. Things did not really go according to plan for Chase Young in D.C. Had some injuries. Uh, but, man, putting them on San Francisco, uh, name-wise, Ray, that's a pretty fearsome addition for the San Francisco 49er defense. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, he he's had a hard time, as you noted, staying healthy. I think that's been the biggest issue. And I know that because he's on my Dynasty League team, so I've struggled <laughs> through that. Uh, interestingly enough, now I have teammates because I also have Bosa. So I don't know if that's ideal, but uh, it's ideal for the Niners uh, because, you know, I think that the Niners, I mean, at some point you have to realize what your personnel is and, you know, their, their defensive backfield's okay, but they make their hay up front, right? It's the the D line and the linebackers, you know, that's, that's where this team really shines. Uh, Fred Warner, you know, Greenlaw, those guys in the middle and then the guys up front. So adding Chase Young, 
to Armstead, to Hargrave, to Bosa. They're pretty fearsome up front now. Yeah, Chicago adding Montez Sweat. You know, I guess why not? Maybe they can sign him to a contract, get him slightly on the cheap. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones goes to Detroit. Does, does that have fantasy impact, Ray? Does, does that tell you anything about Detroit and kind of where they stand with these receivers? Because they appear on the surface not to have like an overload of receivers, but it, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, noteworthy that of all the things Detroit would look for, it would be another receiver to add to the fold. Yeah, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown has a hard time staying healthy. He's beat up a lot. So I'm not that the DPJ is anywhere near the same type of receiver, but yeah. St. Brown's beat up a lot. And, you know, Cleef Raymond's a, a, a little guy. He's more of a, you know, a trick play kind of guy. He's not someone you can lean on. Josh Reynolds is okay. He's nothing great. He's okay, right? I think this is really as much as anything a condemnation of Jameson Williams, who, you know, yeah. I remember people wanted to draft Jameson Williams despite the suspension. He comes off the suspension, 5,000 questions over at fantasyguru.com about adding Jameson Williams. Jamison Williams, it has been a monumental bust to date. Monumental bust to date. Now, maybe that changes. It's still very early in his career. But all he does is run fly routes, and he doesn't <laughs> do it effectively. Like, I don't – so I think the DPJ edition is them kind of saying, look, I know we were all planning on this guy, Williams, being part of our offense, but he just ain't getting it done. Yeah, that's a good point. DPJ kind of does – has the same profile, if you will, of a Jamison Williams. And Donovan Peoples-Jones has, um, you know, been given opportunities in Cleveland, and it never clicked. Uh, so we'll see if this opportunity clicks. Uh, another line, you know, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds was given opportunities in L.A., didn't work. Josh Reynolds was given opportunities in Tennessee, didn't work. Goes to Detroit. It's a little bit better. Not great, but a little bit better for him. So we'll see how that works out. Probably the most notable fantasy move, Ray, is what Minnesota did. And everybody's been kind of wondering over the last 48 hours, because this is an offense that that features, you know, Justin Jefferson, that features Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. It's pretty important for people to know who's going to, to fill in and cover for Kirk Cousins. We have our answer, Ray, and um, it's not a bad answer. You know, yesterday I, I sat here and said, gosh, whoever they get, it's, it's going to be 70% of Kirk Cousins. You know, it doesn't matter who they're able to get. They're not going to be what they were with Kirk Cousins. Um, if that was the hope, Ray, okay, people are disappointed. They didn't get a stud. Josh Dobbs is the guy. The same Josh Dobbs who was handling duties for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, now, I think Dobbs came out earlier this year, Ray, with Arizona, and it looked pretty good for a month. Um, I've been watching a lot of Cardinals football here the last month or so, and I think the limitations of Dob, Dobbs has been exposed just a bit. Uh, that doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. It just means he needs some talent around him. Ray, he's going to a place that has a lot more talent, I feel, than Arizona gave him. You've got running backs, you've got tight end, you've got wide receivers. I, I don't know if this is the absolute slam dunk that the Vikings could have hoped for, but I feel pretty good about it. And and I feel better today about the second half for this Vikings offense and specifically Hawkins and Jefferson and Addison than I did 24 hours ago. So from that aspect, I think the Vikings did good to add Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I, quickly, uh, I loved Arizona. On the 29th, Dobbs was going to start. On the 30th, Clayton Toon was going to start. On the 31st, they traded Dobson. And then on the, on the, today, we still don't even know who the quarterback's going to be this week. Like they, they, Their head coach has said four different things in the span of four days or three days. Um, Dobbs is, like you said, I think you, did, you couched it well. Dobbs is okay. Is he better than what they have? I think he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that they made an improvement there. They gave themselves a chance. Is he someone, and this is what we talked about yesterday when we were discussing the Vikings, or maybe it was Monday when the injury with, with Cousins. You know, what does this do? Does this get them to nine and seven? Let's get them to the playoffs. Maybe they're not winning with Dobbs, you know, okay, but they're going to be competitive. They'll give their team a chance more directly for us in the fantasy space. I think that the, the winner here, not that he needed it, but it's TJ Hawkinson. Cause we've seen Dobbs just, you know, pe pepper, whether it was McBride or Ertz at the tight end position. So Hawkinson's still going to get his 10 targets a week. It would seem, you know, it, you have to feel a little bit better about Addison and Jefferson. You know, I don't think that Dobbs is a pinpoint dart thrower. I don't think he's got great arm strength. I don't think he spreads the ball around the field necessarily very effectively. But I do have a little hope that his ability to run, because he's he's running for 40 yards every week. 
His ability to run might open things up just a little bit for the backfield. Maybe, you know, maybe Madison and or Akers get a little bit more run because the defense has to consider now that the quarterback might take off. You know, we've seen anticipation this week, people picking up uh, Will Levis, you know, Minshew's been okay the last couple of weeks. People who maybe bailed on him or are going back to Gardner Minshew. Josh Dobbs might be available, Ray. Does he, in a single QB setup, would you roster Josh Dobbs? I think I would. I, I think if my QB one was like a top six, top seven kind of guy, I think Josh Dobbs is my QB two would fit perfectly. I, I think he can be enough of that to where he could be the emergency QB two. I, I take a shot with him on my fantasy team. Well, I think, and we're in that zone, right? We're back to buys this week. Another NFL great thing. We have buys and then we don't have buys. And then we have buys and we don't have buys. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't like the idea in most cases, because this question comes up a lot. Uh, I don't like the idea of carrying two tight ends really ever. You know, if you got Travis Kelsey, you got to buy, you do what you got to do. But just carrying two tight ends, I don't like. I don't really like carrying two quarterbacks. I used to do it. I don't like doing it now. Now mm-hmm. it depends. If your first quarterback is Derek Carr, okay. You know, if your first quarterback is Josh Allen, eh, who cares? Like, you don't need that second guy. You just pick up whoever's there that week. They're on by, and you're fine. So, you know, again, I don't – to me, I'd rather keep a, a backup running back or a backup wide receiver who next week is now going to get eight targets because so-and-so got hurt or next week is now going to get 15 touches because so-and-so got hurt. So I'd rather keep those guys. But if you are in the area of you're in a super flex league or just a one QB league where you do want to have that second quarterback – Dobbs is okay. I don't think he's going to move the needle substantially. I don't think he's going to fall behind substantially. And again, I think his point per game is right right around 16 or something, right? He's right yeah. there in the middle like you talked about. Um, I was just looking at the Vikings schedule. This is a pretty smooth runway of the next five games for Josh Dobbs. Now, the back end, the final four games are rough. But the next five games for the Vikings, this would be considered the soft spot in the schedule. They go to Atlanta this weekend. They host the Saints. They go to Denver, they host the Bears, they go to Vegas. And that you're not facing, in effect, I guess the Falcons or Saints are a quote-unquote playoff contender, but it's because they're in a bad division that they're a playoff contender. But you're facing five, at best, mid-tier teams. Five in a row. Like, there's not a... Now, after that, Ray, then it's Cincinnati, Detroit twice, (laughs) and Green Bay. But, but there is a nice runway here to, to bring Jefferson back, to get Dobbs comfortable. I realize that no NFL game is a gimme. Okay, I realize that. But this is about a nice a five-game run as you could ever get in the NFL, Ray, of, of facing, in effect, mediocre opponents up until the middle of December right now for the Vikings. Yeah, and just to be clear, I, I have not seen this, and maybe you haven't. I just had a brain cramp because it was Halloween. I haven't seen a definitive he's starting this week, right, Dobbs? No, I haven't seen that. I Yeah. I think you throw him right in there, Ray. He's a vet. Mm-hmm. He should be able to learn a system. Um, they got to win. They can't, you know, they can't really afford to lose to teams like this. I, right. I think at the very maybe you could start with the Jaron Hall kid and you know maybe spot Dobbs packages comfortable with. I I would send him out there. He's been playing every week. Like I'd rather have a guy who's been watching the real game film and and being attacked by opposing defenses over the last two months than going to Jaron Hall. Yeah, plus he's got more experience and all that too. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean. I would just put in that point out for the, the fantasy because it's you know, early Wednesday morning here as we're recording this. But, yeah, I mean, I think, again, improvement for the Vikings. I think it was a, it was a solid move. Is it a world-beating move? Was there a world-beating move to make? You know, that kind of thing. So um, we'll see. I, and I, you know, I, I do also I'll throw this t- trailer on this, Kyle. It's really fascinating to me that I don't know if it's predatory behavior or what, but they're like people, anytime something happens, people want to make moves, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm going to make a move. Do I trade for Jordan Addison now? Or do I trade away? Mm-hmm. Jordan? It's like, we don't even know what's going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so weird. Like, I'm going to make a trade. Now you really want Justin Jefferson, but you didn't want him if it was Kirk Cousins? Like, it's so weird. Like, Well, I, I, well, I think the, the reason, Ray, is the, the Jefferson owner – is still saying, well, Josh Dobbs sucked. Whereas somebody else saying, no, I think Josh Dobbs is a little better than you think. It, it really comes down to what is the perception of Joshua Dobbs. Right. And and maybe you still get a discount for an Addison or a Jefferson. 
Whereas yesterday you'd get a discount on those guys, but you were like, gosh, I agree with everybody else. The QB situation is, is diabolical. It's, it's pitiful. I can't survive. But now you may say maybe you're a Josh Dobbs believer. Um, and we all have different takes on guys or we feel better, you know, depending on how much we watch or follow. Maybe somebody's like, I, I believe in Dobbs. I, uh, instead of uh, paying 100% for Jefferson, if I get him at 90, I'd be in. So I get it. I'm with you, Ray. It's like, I, I still think, you know, am I searching these guys out? It's all specific to the offer and to the trade. Um, but I feel better. I do about their prospects today, guys like Jefferson and Addison, mm -hmm. than I did yesterday on the show. Oh, and again, I think that's fair, but I also think it's, you know, let's be honest and clear about this too. Dobbs is not Kirk Cousins, <laughs> yeah. right? And so he's not throwing the ball 42 There's times There's a reason a he's on their third team in two months. Is Correct. That <laughs> There's a reason they didn't sell his jersey at the team shop uh, with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, he's not going to throw 42 passes a week. He's not going to throw for 330 yards and three touchdowns. It's not happening. So they're going to need to, to establish a running game. They're going to want to slow things down even more. They're, they're going to, you know, they're going to see a lot of plays where they're snapping it with three seconds left on the clock. They're not going to be pushing things here. So the offense is just going to be different. And, you know, that doesn't mean that Justin Jefferson doesn't get 10 targets a week. It's still going to happen. But there's a huge difference, 32 to 42 pass attempts. And the trickle down there ends up being Hawkinson gets his work. Jefferson gets his work. Probably Addison gets his work. Probably. But K.J. Osborne takes a hit unless, and this is something to point out too, Unless there's a connection with the way Dobbs sees the field and the routes that Osborne runs, whether there's a, some kind of connection they develop on the practice field, that's another piece of this too. Jordan Addison might still continue to fly, might score a touchdown every other week, might win Rookie of the Year. KJ Osborne might be the guy from this point forward who's more effective with Dobbs under center. We don't know that for sure. Getting Vikings uh, in Atlanta coming up on this weekend. Let's see. Thursday night football gets things rolling tomorrow. Uh, that game is Tennessee-Pittsburgh. A couple of updates on the injury front there. Uh, for what it's worth, DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry were both limited on Tuesday. Uh, I, I would treat that more as veteran days off. We'll see. I mean, I guess if Wednesday is more of the same, that could be an issue. But with Hopkins, it's a toe. With Henry, it's an ankle. So worth following. The expectation is they play. Um, it sounds, Ray, like Kenny Pickett has a shot on Thursday night. Uh, we'll see. Rib injury is what he's dealing with. So both those situations worth following the news on Wednesday. And obviously tomorrow when we meet back here at Fantasy Sports Daily, we'll give you the latest and we'll also have a preview of that game. Um, that is the first of, what do we got this week? Uh, 14 games, I think it is. Yeah, because we got four teams that are on by. Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, San Francisco. All those four teams are off. Uh, that leaves us with a schedule of a Thursday nighter, a Sunday morner, morning er, <laughs> uh, the usual one o'clock window, the usual four o'clock window, Sunday night and Monday night. Uh, Ray, let's look at the spreads and the totals, starting with Tennessee Pittsburgh Steelers favored by two and a half, 36 and a half. Now, I was lamenting these low numbers, Ray. I totally agree with that, by the way, 36 and a half. Uh, people picking up Will Levis. Do you like him this week? I mean, if you're picking up Will Levis, you're probably desperate under center. You're probably somebody who lost Kirk Cousins. I'm okay with starting him here. I Obviously, it's not going to be as good as last week. But Pittsburgh is not all that good. They have a, like a, a pass rush. But they've been giving up numbers to opposing quarterbacks. I, I don't love Levis. I don't think he's a QB1. But I could stomach starting him on Thursday night. Uh, you know... I think I think stomaching him is a good way to put it. Um, I and I you know I answer questions every week over at fantasyguru.com and start sits and all this kind of stuff. And I'm constantly amazed by some people have I have Tua Tungafaloa and Just, Justin Herbert. Who do I play? Right. And then there's other people I have Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. Like the the spread is just so <laughs> huge on the way teams are put together. Right. Um, so in, in my world, like if I'm starting Will Levis, I'm in, in trouble in mm -hmm. my world. In the overall fantasy space, you know, is he a mid-level quarterback option this week? Yeah. I think we saw enough last week with his arm strength, and we talked about this on Monday, with his arm strength and with his, his reading the football field. The offense operated through the air. It was functional on the ground, something they haven't done much with Ryan Tannehill. I think, you know, he's a mid-level QB too. Yeah. And, you know, if you have to because of injuries or buys, you have to. 
I would try again. I don't look at him as a top 12 quarterback or anything this week. Yeah. My, my biggest concern, you, you mentioned the long ball and he has that ability. And last week, you know, that, that throws off the numbers a bit when, when you see how he's throwing these touchdowns, like that's a game one kind of thing. Can they really do it a second time? The other issue is, you know, TJ Watt and what these guys can do up front to get to you. Do you have time for these routes to develop for you to air it down the football field, 30 plus yards? That'll be a big thing with Levis. Um, Sunday morning, Miami, Kansas City. Uh, I think that's a 9 a.m. Eastern kickoff from Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, Ray, who's got the better offense overall? Is it Dolphins? Dolphins do, right? Dolphins, they're, they're the better offense in this game against Kansas City. I think they are, yeah. Kansas City, yeah. yes. Um, yes. And it, it'll be interesting to see if they try to get 300 yards to Tyree Kill in his revenge game. Um, I think that they're a better offense. I think that both offenses, though, are, it's very interesting. Both offenses at times are very effective running the ball. At other times, they don't really run the ball. Um, so I, I think that the things have gelled a little bit better in Miami than they have in Kansas City this year. 50 and a half, by the way, is the total there. Chiefs are favored by two and a half. Then we get into the main slate on Sunday uh, where there's maybe one good game. Really. Uh, Seattle at Baltimore would be like the, the enticing game. Uh, Ravens are favored by five and a half as the home team. The uh, total there is 43. Uh, the next best total is 41 between Chicago and New Orleans. Hard to believe the Saints are favored by seven and a half against anybody. <laughs> but, but here come the Bears to answer that call. Uh, Washington, New England, 40 and a half. Sam Howell against Mac Jones. Uh, Patriots are favored there, Ray. How about that? I, I guess they're the home team, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Washington, they're they're tough, Ray, because anybody except Philly, they they kind of look terrible. But against Philly, they look great. They're able to compete. I guess a team like New England on the road, nobody has any faith in the commanders moving the football. Well, and the commanders, you know, did shake things up, right? Sweat and Young are gone. So they lost yeah. a lot of their D-line. And you never you never know for sure what that does to the locker room, right? Do people rally and get pissed off? Are they just pissed off and don't care? You know, and so Maybe that's a little bit in here, but you know, if, if they 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 can be beat through the air, the, the the commanders, and without the ability to have those two guys putting pressure on Mac Jones, maybe that's part of it too. Uh, Minnesota, Atlanta. We still don't know who the quarterback is for the Falcons. Uh, no matter who it is, uh, the game totals thirty-seven. I don't think that's changing. Uh, Falcons are favored by thirty, uh, five and a half. Arizona and Cleveland. We don't know the quarterback for Arizona. I don't even know if we know the quarterback for Cleveland. I guess Deshaun Watson has a shot. The Browns are favored by eight. What? <laughs> That's a heavy favorite, Ray. Eight points. Yeah, don't you think? I mean, don't you think the number shrinks by the time the game kicks off? Like, I, I mean, Cleveland's a better team. I don't think there's any debate about that. But that's a pretty big spread, like you're saying, for both teams not really knowing Eight. even who's going to be under center, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Rams are in Green Bay. Uh, storied franchises that are kind of craptacular right now. Uh, we don't know if Matthew Stafford's playing. Okay. We don't. <laughs> Is there a theme emerging here? Uh, let's see. Packers favored by three. Game totals 39 and a half. Uh, let's see. Tampa and Houston. That, that'll get the uh, you know tails wagging. Uh, Texans are favored by two and a half. Game total is 40. Uh, then we go into the late window. Three games. Um, the late window has one good game, I guess. You've got Indianapolis at Carolina. Colts are favored by three. 44 is the total there. The Dallas-Philly game should be entertaining. Uh, Philadelphia at home favored by a field goal. The total is 46. Giants are in Las Vegas to take on the I guess we can now say Aiden O'Connell-led Raiders. Uh, Raiders are favored by two and a half against the Giants. We don't know who the Giants quarterback is going to be. 37 and a half, Ray. So what is that? One, two, three, four. Our fifth game that is in the 30s. There are only 14 games. Five, more than a third of them, Ray, have a game total solidly in the 30s. Well, as we're discussing here, and as everyone knows, there are – backup quarterback starting there are teams where they don't even know who they're starting at quarterback i mean this plays into this an awful lot mm -hmm. so you know a lot of what we talked about earlier with coaching and schemes and the way the game is being played and then this uncertainty at the quarterback position it's just going to torpedo these lines if you can make it through sunday you, you do have a good matchup sunday night 
Okay, you just got to stick around. Have faith in Goodell and in the NFL. Uh, Buffalo is at Cincinnati. I, I Just a guess here. We're going to hear a lot about the last time Buffalo was in Cincinnati. It would just be my guess. Uh, Sunday night football, Bengals favored by two and a half. The total there, oh my gosh, shootout, 48 and a half. And then Monday night, Chargers, Jets. <laughs> God, what's up with the Chargers being everywhere in our in our face? Yikes. Uh, and the, uh, I don't, the, the only thing I like about the Jets is their helmet, by the way. Like it's pretty sharp with the metallic green and I everything like, like that. Things. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the Chargers, Chargers to me, are a team that I always expect to find a way to lose, yeah. right? And I don't, I don't blame their quarterback. I don't blame the players. I blame their coaching staff. But yeah, that's yeah, that's not an overly exciting game to me. Chargers favored by three. Uh, total there is forty-one and a half. So that is where we stand. Your opening look at the numbers and some of the spreads. Uh, they're very, very low this week. It's about three straight weeks of low spread, uh, low game totals. I should say. Um, one thing we wanted to get to today, and, and we're going to break this up, I think, over three days. Uh, we want to look at some early numbers. Uh, I shouldn't say early. We're halfway through. It's it's no longer early. You know, eight weeks down, and for most of us, you know, about nine weeks to go. And that's if you make your championship round. For others of us, you know, time's ticking. I mean, your, your, your playoffs probably start in week 15, maybe even earlier, depending on how your league is set up. Uh, so today we're going to look at some midway point QB numbers. Tomorrow on Fantasy Sports Daily, we'll tackle the running back position, some numbers emerging there, and then we'll get to the receivers and tight ends coming up on Friday. Um, Ray, starting with some notable QB numbers. How about Tua Tungavailoa leading the NFL in passing yards? More than Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, is this purely a credit to the offensive game planning and scheming. All right. Like Tua, I, Ray, I would have never, like when he was drafted, no way. He's never going to lead the NFL in passing. Yet here we are in 2023. Tua is at the top of the list. Yeah. And by the way, every Friday I have an article over at fantasyguru.com. It's called Coffin Corner, where I dive into numbers and such. So I, I really enjoy this. Hopefully the listeners, uh, viewers do as well here on the show. Uh, I think that Tua... I think it's everything. Um, and, you know, if you watch, and they, they always make a big deal of this on, on the broadcast with the, the, the Dolphins, you need to disrupt his timing, right? If he can go take his five-step drop, make a read, make a read, throw the yeah. ball to his space, he's going to pick you apart, okay? When, you got to get him You got to get him moving. You got to get pressure on him. You got to do that. But then you got to have your defensive backfield be able to cover Tyreek Hill running like a berserker around, it, you know, creating open spaces. So I think that, for the for the, the the positive with Tua is that I think we're beyond the concerns about the head injury being a, a something that's going to continually come up. I'm not saying he's not going to have another concussion or anything, but we're beyond the point that we're panicked when he gets hit. Uh, they've got weapons here: Tyreek Hill, Waddle. Uh, they've got a great scheme, um, so I'm not stunned, but I'm pretty darn surprised he leads the league. Um, here's something stunning. Hold on to your britches here, Ray. Tighten your belt, okay? Yep. Russell Wilson has more touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes this year. <laughs> Who had I, I Ray? I've been watching football every week. I sit on my rump every week. I watch all of the games. I talk about it here on the stream and the pod. I wouldn't have guessed that, Ray. I, I I don't know if that's me being a lazy analyst, but I was stunned when I looked up and saw that we've got more touchdown passes by Russell Wilson than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. What, what, does, that, does that tell I mean, you Mahomes? Wait a second. Well, is yeah. Mahomes worse than we think, or is yes. Russell Wilson better than we think? Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that, and it, I will say this, and you know, we were very over at fantasyguru.com. Uh, and by the way, people can sign up with the promo code FSD20. FSD20 gets a 20% discount. Over there, we were really pro uh, Broncos before the season began. And then the season started, and they were terrible. They were awful. They gave up a 70 spot to Miami. They're playing much better football now. And I, I don't think that in the second half of the NFL season that teams are really going to want to play Denver. I think they, they finally found their footing and they, they, they're moving in the right direction. So I think that Russell Wilson's going to be basically what we said he was going to be at the end of the season. We said he's going to be QB 11 or whatever. I think he's right in that zone. I'm more concerned with Mahomes. And it's not Mahomes directly because I he's fine. He's Patrick Mahomes. It's everything else. And, you know, we talked about this a lot, you and I, last year, about how they pieced it together and they made it work. And 
you know, when you're piecing things together, even if you got a great coach and a great quarterback, eventually you need pieces. You can't just be piecing it together. So I'm concerned about Mahomes and his production because it's solid, but he wasn't drafted to be solid. And I don't know if the second half is going to be appreciably better than we've seen to date. What what has really helped him, Ray? And and I don't sense, I mean, you're you're a little more in the trenches with the fantasy community and what they're saying. I don't sense people are like, oh, Pat Mahomes, he's killing me. That was such a wasted pick. I don't sense that. I don't sense that either. Yeah. And and what saved him, Ray? I think we would be hearing more about that if he didn't have this rushing yardage. Mm. And it's it's not Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. He's not really getting the touchdowns. But, Ray, just the simple fact that he's giving you, what do we got here, 234 yards rushing, which, you know, pace, you know, play this pace game. Let's say he gets to 450, mm-hmm. you know, which is actually below the pace he's at right now. But 450, Ray, would be far and away his best season rushing. Yep. And there's an outside shot at 500 here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's like 50 extra points, mm-hmm. which over the course of 17 or 16 games is three to four points extra a week. That has been notable when you watch Patrick Mahomes is, is he, and it's not drawn up that way, but he's had a lot of big scrambles that have really supported his fantasy numbers this year. Yeah. Well, think about that. 50 points for rushing. That's 12 touchdown passes, basically, if you're four points. For a touchdown pass. It's 12 touchdown pass. 12. So that would take him from 32 touchdown passes to 44 or whatever. So, yeah, it's a huge yeah. benefit. And I've argued for years, and you know this, and longtime followers of our work argue, we give way too much credit to running for quarterbacks. It skews everything. But in this case, it you know the his athleticism, while not overtly obvious to the Lamar Jackson zone, he's not running people over like Josh Allen. He gets the yards, like you said, and he's sneaky about it. And it helps boost his his floor immensely when he struggles through the air. Uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Let's go there with our next uh, eye-catching quarterback number. said earlier that I would never have predicted Tua Tungavailoa to lead the NFL in passing when he was drafted. Uh, Ray, here's one that I wouldn't have predicted even two months ago. Lamar Jackson is completing 70.6% of his passes. And I, I was pretty nonplussed by this idea of Todd Monken's going to come in and just watch the Ravens offense. And I feel like for the most part, I've been proven correctly. They're, they're kind of the same, you know, and, and whether it's injuries or uh, maybe it's not as dramatic of a switcheroo as we thought with the offense. It's, it's kind of the same Ravens team, you know, nothing dramatic here. What is dramatic though, Ray, is that completion percentage. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's like in the low 60s, the mid 60s, almost 71%. Uh, I, I would never have guessed it. Does it does it change your thoughts on, on Lamar Jackson long term? Are we still looking at him and saying, well, he's always had a good first 10 weeks. And then we get to week 12 and the injuries pile. Like that's when he always misses games mm-hmm. is late in the season. Is that just the right now it's fine for Lamar Jackson. But is the key getting this guy through 17, 18 weeks? Yeah, he hasn't had the runs yet either. That seems to pop up once a year or two in addition to the injuries. But yeah, he's, for whatever reason, had the injuries later in the year. Uh, that has been something that's been a huge hindrance to him. He played 12 games in 2021. He played 12 games last year. Uh, so that's big. Um, the completion percentage, I mean, it's really interesting because the, you know, they made such a big uh, they made the off the OC change this offseason. And there was such talk about they're going to open things up and the offense is going to be more vertical and all this kind of stuff. He's got one game with 240 passing yards. Yeah. One. So the offense, he's completing a high percentage of his passes. But as a passer, the offense is not different. I mean, you know, he's throwing for more yards than he did last year, but he's throwing for less yards than he threw for in 2021. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think that he still is – a threat to score multiple touchdowns every single week. He's a threat to have 50-plus rushing yards every single week. It's nice to see what appears to be on the surface progression as a passer and the completion rate. But, you know, I mean, yards per attempt is up a little bit. It's tying his career best set back in same 2019. Thing. Same thing, is it not? Yeah, it's I mean, a, so that's the thing. Yeah, so it's it's better than it was last year by, eh, but it's not something where it's a huge step where it's like, wow, it's really changed this year. Let's all go through a mental exercise here, um, and I'll give everybody a couple of seconds to come up with their answer. Who, A, A leads the NFL in game-winning drives, which quarterback, 
And B, I'm going to throw this as an additional piece of information. It's twice as many. He's had twice as many game-winning drives as any other quarterback in the NFL. So, I just looked it up. Wow. <laughs> I always love things like this. I right? didn't know this one. I did not know this one. And and does game-winning drives mean you're good? I don't know. I mean, Joe Joe Montana, Ray, his whole reputation is fourth quarter game-winning drive. Right. Now he he did more than that, but that's kind of the re- Desmond Ritter, Ray. Four game-winning drives this season. Nobody else in the NFL has more than two. I, I don't know if that's enough. Arthur Smith needs to show up at the press conference and say, I'm sticking with Desmond Ritter because in the fourth quarter, there's no better quarterback in the NFL <laughs> that I want under center than Desmond Ritter. And he can point to this stat, Ray. He won't get laughed out of the room like usual. He can point to this staff. He may still get laughed out of the room, honestly, but but he should point to this stat at the next press conference. I mean, he really should, because that's about all he could <laughs> hang his hat on. Um, Desmond Ritter is not a good NFL quarterback right now. Is Okay, here's the Period. question. Right? He's is, not. It, is it, do you throw in the towel? Like, you're the Falcons. You drafted this guy hoping that he could be, you didn't want him to be a star. Right. Like, you know, you what, what round did they get him? Fourth round, third round, something like third that. Third round, 74th overall. Yeah, so they, they drafted him to be adequate. Mm-hmm. Middle tier. I, there's still a shot. How many started? What was he played? 12 games? 12 games. He's six games. and six. Yep. So uh, everybody's done with this kid. He sucks. And I get it. Yeah, he doesn't look good. But I'd rather have him than Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I'd rather take a shot on Ritter. They, they didn't invest. Zach Wilson was the number two pick. He was supposed to be good. Ritter was a third round, more developmental guy. He's played three quarters of a season. And I feel like, Ray, everybody's like, oh, he sucks. He's done. Atlanta's got to move on from him. Well, th- but this is something you and I have talked about for years. The way the expectations on the quarterback are totally different than we were kids. You know, we talk about Joe Montana waiting. We talk about Steve Young waiting. We talk about Brett Favre waiting. You know, Aaron Rod, like these guys waited. And nowadays, boom, go. And the decisions are made so quickly because teams want to win on that rookie contract for the quarterback before they start paying him $35 million a year or whatever it is. It's not fair to say Desmond Ritter can't be an effective NFL quarterback. It's again, it's 12 games. I will tell you, he stinks right now. I mean, he's got seven fumbles. He's got six interceptions. Um, you know, he's, he looks bad. Um, it, how much of that is coaching too? You know, cause it's like you run that, they know he's limited in some respects and it seems like they almost want to limit him more than that, too. You know what I mean? So he's got to find his footing at the NFL level. And 12 games, when we play 17-game seasons, that's not really enough to make a determination. But like you said, a lot of people do. I'm in a distinct minority here. Uh, everybody wants Taylor Heineke this week now. Ray, I, I said even Sunday after they bench Ritter, I'd go back to Ritter this week. And I see what I can get for a half. And if it's ugly, okay, let's move to Heineke and maybe we stick with Heineke. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have Ritter as my starting quarterback. And I think Smith's going to go that direction. He'll be criticized. People, you know, it's a, it's the traditional, oh, we want the backup. Bring in the backup. The starting guy sucks. I, I'd rather have Ritter out there this week. How about you? When is the NFL, by the way, going to give us an answer on what happened with B. John Robinson? They're investigating his no. injury that wasn't. They hey, hey, you're not supposed to bring up that stuff anymore. Okay. okay just forget about it and move on. I'll be like Arthur Smith and I'll talk about world politics and global warming, which he did when they asked him about the question. My point is, my point is that Arthur Smith, we should find out. So by the time people hear this on demand or on podcast, you know, over at Podbean or Spotify, whatever, they we might know the answer to this question because he said he'd announce it on Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, and and I don't know who's going to start, and I don't know if who starts is who finishes because Arthur Smith, all right, he's got something going on, and he's got a plan, and. Okay, but I don't think anyone really has a handle on what that is. Like, I, you know, this week it's this guy, that week it's that guy. They're in the game. It's a three-point game in the fourth quarter, and they, that's what he's trying to do every week. So he's coaching it. He's coaching it up to get it, to get that score there. He's coaching it down to get the score there. He wants it to be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. I would say that you you go Desmond Ritter, because once you go away from Desmond Ritter, it's over. You can't go back to yeah. Desmond Ritter, right? You may So if he's healthy, play him. They can say, well, we want to let him rest because he had a head injury. So they do have an out if they wanted to start Heineke. I guess. I guess. Um, I'm, I'm still struggling, honestly, with the idea that Arthur Smith draws up offensive plays instead of, like, drawing up living wills. Like, the guy named Arthur Smith, right? <laughs> His name does not fit for Arthur Smith. 
he's got, a, he's got a mustache. He needs some glasses, like little tiny glasses. He like a, tied yeah. him. He doesn't even look like a football coach, does he? He I, screams I, like he, one. He, he doesn't. Um, again, I've never been in a, a football locker room as a you know high end player, but I, I would struggle. I I think on the surface to get behind Arthur Smith. I just don't know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look like a guy that I'm willing to follow into battle. Um, anyway, those are some QB numbers that matter halfway through tomorrow. We'll uh, tackle the backfield here on fantasy sports daily, uh, round it up with a little baseball as we near the uh, end of the hour here. Uh, tonight's the night game five, Texas could uh, wrap up the world series. Uh, Simeon finally got going last night. Seager with another big moment. Uh, I, for those who haven't really been following and, and I realize some in our audience are not, uh, but Ray, this could tell Marte things pretty impressive, isn't it? 20 game hitting yeah. streak in the postseason. Um, it, it's impressive when you do that in the regular season. This guy's on an insane run. Uh, two more hits on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, an all time record. And I, I looked this up because someone asked in, in Discord over at fantasyguru.com uh, about 10 days ago. Um, hey, Ray, weren't you really high on Marte? And I went back and looked. I had him seventh at second base this season in the fantasy space. And I, I looked at his NFBC's ADP and it was 21st. Oh, wow. So I'm, I mean, I've, I've written, wrote about Marte all preseason say like, this guy's going to have a good year. There's all kinds of reasons to expect him to bounce back. Even if he doesn't hit 318, like he did a couple years ago. And he had a really impressive regular season. Then he's taken it to a whole other level in the postseason. Yeah. And you know how this goes. Reputations are built in the postseason. You know, yeah. Clayton Kershaw stinks because he, he can't get it done in the postseason. Kettle Marte is going to be a superstar because he got a 20 game inning streak. He'll probably be closer to seventh uh, next year in ADP. Uh, coming off the year he had and certainly this postseason. Uh, a couple of other house cleaning things. Alex Cobb of the Giants has uh, elected for some hip surgery. That is going to knock him out for about six months. He won't be available in spring training, April. Who knows? I mean, May is, is kind of the hope, but you know how these things can go. Sounds like Justin Turner, who had a fairly decent walk year, um, is going to elect free agency. I think his player option was about $14 million. Um, Justin Turner, I mean, does he get multiple years at like more than 15 million? I, and it's not official. It was just some mm -hmm. reporting. Um, I, I kind of think if I were Justin Turner, I'd take my 14 million and shut up. <laughs> well, didn't he get like, he gets like a 6.7 buyout or something or $7 million buyout. So he gets free cash if he leaves. Yeah. Um, he could probably get a two year deal. And you know, I mean, he's 22 million. maybe. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he'll be 39 later this month. So that's getting up there. But performance-wise, he's basically been the same guy for a long time. And so someone's probably willing to pay him. You know, he, he's he's basically a first baseman now. You know, I know he played yeah. second base 10 times, which is pretty surprising. <laughs> but he's basically a first baseman DH, so that might limit him on some teams. But, yeah, he'll probably look to get a two-year deal and get, like you said, get $30 million on the two-year deal, get the $7 million buyout and come out ahead. And finally, to kind of bring this thing full circle, uh, we were talking about the Raiders canning Josh McDaniels, and, and Ray kind of made the statement, the importance of coaching. Uh, he's starting to slide into that. Um, in baseball, the importance of coaching. Craig Council, who is a free agent as a manager, has visited with the Mets and the Guardians. Brewers are still interested. Uh, Ray, I, I look at Craig Council and I think Mets, and I know that's the logical, you know, David Stearns is the GM and that relationship with Council. I, I don't know if Craig Council wants to be in New York. Does he does he come off as that kind of uh, guy? I don't know. Everybody's like assuming he'll just take the job. Right. I, I don't know if he'll – when a guy's been in Milwaukee and that kind of atmosphere and kind of been in that underdog role, I don't know if he's willing to jump ship to go to New York and kind of deal with the trash that is the Mets organization. I think it's not just that, too. It's lifestyle and everything. I mean, Milwaukee's – you can walk down the streets a little different than going to New York, too. So, yeah. I, you know – Everyone seems to want to be in New York. If I had the option, sorry, New York, I would not go to New York. Yeah. Uh, that's me. But, you know, I think everyone has to make that determination. But I don't think it's a slam dunk merely because it's New York. And and they can offer more money than anything. But it, I think Milwaukee, I, I'm willing to pay up if I'm the Brewers. They make money, and they're not going to spend it on free agent hitters. Right. If I'm a Milwaukee fan and they don't spend it on somebody like Council who's had this level of success – who knows the scene, mm -hmm. you know, you keep that continuity, who's been, you know, give them the extra, and you don't have to match the Mets, but hell, with cost of living, you, you don't really need to, to, to come out ahead. So I, I hope the Brewers can, can play some ball here. 
Uh, we just got, you know, me, me talking about baseball here has allowed us, Ray, to close with this note. We now have the starter for the Falcons, and, you know, he's not drawing up living wills, but he is drawing up plays for a new quarterback this week, right? Yes, that's right. Everyone in those Superflex leagues, get those bids in for Tyler Haneke. Uh, Ian Rappaport's reporting that he will start. Um, that's 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 what we know right now. We haven't had a chance to see the the post uh, pregame conference, but you know the coaching conference, whatever I'm trying to say. So I don't know if it's a one week thing. I don't know if it's a long term thing. But for this week, Tyler Haneke, uh, Taylor Haneke, excuse me, will be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. He's a sugar rush kind of guy. He he can have moments. I I think. His seal, like when he's on, is better than Ritter. But Taylor Heineke, we saw it with Washington. It's up and down. He had fumble issues as well, just like Ritter. There's a reason the commanders who haven't had a quarterback for 25 years weren't interested in Tyler. So we'll see. I it may work. Uh, the matchup against Minnesota is not imposing. You mentioned super flex. You know, it's not the worst idea to go in his direction. Like like we said with Dobbs, there's talent in Atlanta. You know, we'll, we'll, you got Bijan, you've got Kyle Pitts. We have to see on Drake London, by the way. He was dealing with mm-hmm. an injury late last Going week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have the news that uh, Taylor Heineke is the guy for the Falcons this Sunday. Okay, no better way to close it down, Ray. Good stuff on a Wednesday. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Okay, buddy? Yeah, looking forward to it. And remember, uh, FSD20 is that promo code over at FantasyGuru.com. If you want to get a 20% discount on any of the products in all the sports, not just football, in all the sports we have to offer at FantasyGuru.com. And we're back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, By that point, Ray and his tech team may have us available in all sorts of different formats. So we'll see what Ray and the crowd come up with today. We'll tell you about that tomorrow. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for viewing. Thanks for downloading. However you consume us, we do appreciate it. Check out all the great stuff at fantasyguru.com. Tomorrow, more football. We'll get you set for that Thursday nighter from a DFS perspective. Probably going to say hello to Ryan Clifford to talk a little Titans and Steelers. We may even sneak a little EPL onto uh, the agenda for tomorrow. We'll do it then. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Thursday with Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by fantasyguru.com.